Well, it's a joy for us to be here. Angel and I have known your pastors for many years, and we've enjoyed that relationship, and we've seen God really work in their lives as well as our lives. And so for me to be here is a great privilege. Thank you so much. And um, more importantly, Jesus is here. Amen. Uh, not only did you bring him with you, but as we were worshiping, you could sense the presence of the Lord. Especially when we were singing that song at the end and the other song that said, I make room for him. Yes. You know, you have to make room for him. Life can be so busy and our schedule so tight, but if we'll just pause for the cause <laughs> and make room for Jesus, he never fails to show up. And so thank you for allowing us to be here. I want you to open your Bibles today to the book of Philippians. And I'm going to talk to you about <clears throat> the God who can turn anything around. How many believe God can turn anything around? No matter what you may be facing, and at different times in our life, we all have challenges that we face. You cannot live life without some sort of challenge. Jesus said in John 16, he said, in the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world for you. So one time, Angel and I pastored 32 years in Albuquerque. One of my members came and said, Pastor, pray for me that I'll have no more trouble. I said, give me your hands. Let's pray that you'll die. <laughs> she said, no, I don't want to die. I said, well, that's the only way you're not going to have any trouble. <laughs> as long as you're here, you're going to have some trouble. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. So in other words, there's hope in the midst of our trouble. How many like a good cheer? You know, I, I played a lot of sports in, in high school, you know, and we had cheerleaders. I liked the cheerleaders. The basketball, you know, I'd be on the free throw line. They'd say, Terry, Terry, he's our man. If he can't do it, nobody can. And I'd say, thanks for the pressure. My favorite cheer was, hit him in the backbone, suck him in the jaw, put him in the cemetery, raw, raw, raw. I like so, I don't know what kind of cheer you need today, but I guarantee you can find a good one in the Word of God. And you can just kind of make up your own, encourage yourself in the Lord, right? That's what the, the Bible said that God said to David, encourage yourself in the Lord. So in the midst of our challenges, we know that God is still the God who can turn it around, fix it up, make it brand new, cause it to be what he intended it to be. Our strength comes from him. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He is our heavenly father. And if you've never met him as your Lord and savior today, you can do that by simply receiving Christ and what he did for you on the cross and life will be different. So in the book of Philippians, I want us to start reading here a couple of verses. Philippians chapter one, and look with me, please, in verse 18. And let's just, I want to just point out uh, four major principles that will help us in life receive a dynamic turnaround from God when we need one. So let's look at verse 18. Paul's writing, he said, What then, notwithstanding in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached? Now, if you go back and read the first part of this, he's talking about being in prison, some people getting saved while he was there, others were making fun of him while he was there, 
But he said, I don't really care. He said, as long as Jesus is being lifted up, that's what I'm concerned about. And then he said, I will, I therein do rejoice that Jesus is being lifted up no matter what. And then he said, and yea, and will rejoice for, look at verse 19, for I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Verse 20, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing shall I be put to shame. So here's a man in jail in diverse circumstances, but he knows that there's somebody with him that the natural eye cannot see. And that somebody is Jesus in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And he said, what I'm going to do in the midst of my trouble, first thing is I've got to learn to rejoice. I've got to learn to rejoice while I'm still in the problem. It's easy to rejoice when the answer comes, but faith rejoices before it sees the answer. Faith rejoices because it believes to receive. And you can start thanking God for the victory right in the middle of the problem. Now to the natural mind, that may not make sense. And it makes the devil real nervous when you start praising the Lord in the middle of the problem. I have a song that I sing sometime that goes like this. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. Shout now. In other words, don't wait till you see the victory. Shout because you believe the victory. Shout because you know God is faithful. Shout because you know he's on your side. Shout because you know he has a guarantee that you will come through victoriously. And so the first principle of turnaround in our life in any way is simply this. Learn to rejoice. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Wouldn't hurt you to learn how to dance a little bit. <laughs> Praise the Lord. In faith that God is bigger than the problem. God's bigger than the mountain. And I believe I receive my miracle in Jesus' name. I love that testimony. That's what that young girl said. I believe I received my healing. She started praising the Lord. Learn to rejoice. Did you know in the book of Philippians, I think it's only like four chapters. The apostle Paul mentioned the word rejoice or joy, I think 16 times. 16 times in one book. Somebody said, well, I wonder what the theme of Philippians is. The theme is learning to rejoice. That's the book where he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That's the book where he said, in the midst of the problem, I have learned the secret. You know, my mama used to make homemade biscuits. Man, before you could say hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, amen, they were on the table. And there's a little secret to those homemade biscuits. And that little secret was just a little pinch of sugar. And I think the Apostle Paul knew the secret to life was a little bit of joy in the middle 
of the problem. You know who else knew that? You know, when Peter and, and all the disciples, I mean, man, they learn. They learn how to rejoice in facing situations. Paul and Silas in jail. You remember that story? Where is it? Acts 16, 25. I think the verse says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. In the midnight of our life, sometimes when it just looks the worst, the best thing you can do is go, whoo, hallelujah, glory to God. Whoo, 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 whoo. And just get happy. <laughs> just get happy. Praise the Lord. I remember hearing a story about Dave Wilkerson who went to New York City, remember, and, and preached to the gangs up there. Got, got hundreds of gang members saved. And he was coming home one night from a crusade, walking back to his little hotel room, and a couple of gang members jumped out of the uh, storefront, put a knife in his back, and said, Preacher, we're tired of you preaching. You keep walking. Get to the alley. Go left. We're going to teach you a lesson. He said, I didn't know what to do. I got two gang members, a knife in my back, keep walking. He said, but all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit. He said, I threw my hands in the air and I went, praise God, hallelujah. He said, it scared those two guys so bad, they dropped their knives and ran off. <laughs> Sometimes I think we let the devil intimidate us Somebody better help me right now. We let the devil intimidate us when we ought to be intimidating him. Amen. He's a defeated foe. Jesus is Lord. We're living in Christ and you can lift your hands and praise his name right in the middle of the midnight hour. Amen. Paul and Silas did. When the trouble's going on, don't just talk about the trouble. The trouble's real, but so is God's word. Paul and Silas at midnight, the Bible said in Acts 16, 25, they prayed and sang praises. Now their backs are beaten. The blood's probably not even dry. They've just been whipped. Their feet are in stocks. Their hands are in stocks. But guess what? The devil forgot to tape their mouth shut. as long as you can lift your voice yeah. to the Lord, there's a miracle on the way. Oh, I'm trying to help you this morning. <laughs> we got a voice we can lift to him when it doesn't look that good, maybe even feel that good. That's the first step to our turnaround. Paul said in verse 18, I will rejoice for I know that this shall turn. I will rejoice, for I know this shall turn. Isn't that an interesting statement? Such confidence that when it looked the worst, he praised the Lord because he knew God was on his side. Secondly, look what he said here. For I know this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer. Prayer, praise God. Prayer is always important. Praise God. Doesn't have to be fancy. Sometimes your greatest prayer can just be, Jesus, help me. But prayer made to the Lord in the midst of a problem will help things get turned around. 
Praise God. I think it was, um, I think it was John Wesley that said, uh, it seems that God does nothing but in response to somebody's prayer. Interesting statement, isn't it? So I said, well, God's all powerful, yes, but he's chosen to connect to us in the execution of divine things in the earth. Yes. Praise God. We are the body of Christ. He's the head. We're the body. So as we pray in line with what Jesus says, man, we can expect some tremendous results. Pray for our family, our circumstances. Pray to the Lord. Pray his word. Pray scripture. How about praying in the Holy Spirit, that heavenly language? That's an important prayer that we can yield to the Holy Spirit's help in us to pray for us and through us those things that we need to pray for. Hold your finger here and go to Romans chapter 8 real quick in your Bible. Romans 8 and look at verse 26. It says this. <clears throat> it says, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, or one translation says, our weaknesses, helps us in our weak moments. For we know not what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us. Wow. You mean you got a prayer partner living on the inside of you? That's pretty good, isn't it? There's someone in there besides just you the Bible said the person that's united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. So greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. And the Holy Spirit right here, he goes to work to help us pray when we don't know how to pray. He helps us pray. If you're struggling with your prayer language, maybe in the prayer time today, we can help you. Receive your prayer language because it's such a powerful way to pray. And the Holy Spirit prays for us, look at that, with intercessions that cannot be uttered. I think it's the Passion Translation that says the Holy Spirit does some super intercession for us. The word there, intercession, is a, is a, work that, a word that ties into this word super intercession in the Greek, it's hooper intercession, but it means prayer out beyond what you could even imagine or think. Power that's available that we've never even tapped into before. But the Holy Spirit, whoo, I'm getting happy. The Holy Spirit will help us. Praise God. And we can yield to him and his strength. He will help us in the time of need in prayer. And our prayers are powerful, super above and far beyond what we could ever imagine when the Holy Spirit goes to work in us. I think it's Jeremiah 33, 3 that says, call unto me and I will answer you. Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you know not of. Wow. So the Lord told me recently, in the last months, he said, never stop calling on me. Yeah. You don't have to do life by yourself. 
you got the Holy Spirit to help you. And speaking of the Holy Spirit, the third point in this verse is really just that. Let's go back to Philippians 1 again and just see this for a second. He said, number one, you got to learn to rejoice. You got to get with it in the time of trial. Number two, prayer. And then number three is in verse 19. He said, through your prayer and the supply of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that supply comes in many ways when we pray, but just think about this. The Holy Spirit is a person and his presence is real. And he has been sent to help us in life. Jesus said in John, uh, John 14, let me just read this to you or you can turn over there in your Bible. John 14, notice what this says. <clears throat> Jesus said it this way. He said, verse 16, and I will pray the Father, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, verse 17, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him, neither know him, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Woo, man. So the Holy Spirit is not just a concept. He's a person. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And he has come to indwell us. And Jesus said, uh, I'm going to send him to you so he can walk with you, live in you, uh, you know, teach you and help you and be there anytime, any place for anything. Yes. Whew, hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know about you, but you know, as I've grown older in God and older, getting older, I'm becoming more conscious of the need of the Holy Spirit in my life. That yes. he's not a hitchhiker. <laughs> he didn't come just on a temporary assignment. Jesus said he'll abide with you forever. Wow. Praise God. So about every day, I just say, thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. He's my comforter, my helper. On him I do depend. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Are y'all all right? Can you see? <laughs> and so... Something like that, simple as that, just to thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit, it will strike your thinking. Yes. It'll strike your consciousness, and you'll begin to be more aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. If we read on in Romans 8, it says that through the help of the Holy Spirit, let's just go back there and read that. We got a minute here. Let's go back and read that. I want you to see this whole context, Romans 8. Verse 26, he said, the Holy Spirit will help us when we don't know how to pray because there's times we don't know how to pray. Verse 27, but the Holy Spirit knows how to pray. And if we'll yield to him and ask for his help, he will help us. Then it said in verse 28, and as he does, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So the Holy Spirit always prays in line with the perfect will of God. Wow. That takes a load off of you and off of me. 
I just have to learn to yield to him and he will pray out the perfect plan, the perfect will, the perfect way. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then it goes on to say in verse number 31, what shall we say to these things? He said, man, this is a mouthful here. The Holy Spirit's helping me. He's working in me. He's turning things around. I make room for him. Hallelujah. Everything's going to be okay. He's with me today. You know what I'm saying? That's what all that context is there. What shall we say to these things? He said, if God be for us, who that going to be against us? Who that going to be against us if God be for us? Then it goes on to say in verse number 32, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So we understand that by faith we access the grace of God, but by the help of the Holy Spirit, we can access God's plan and God's purpose and God's will and God's way. I mean, it's like, man, you have got, you have got a built-in helper. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You got, you, got, you got rejoicing. You got prayer. You got praise. You got the Holy Ghost. Wow. Praise the Lord. It's like a double whammy. <laughs> you got it. I like to tell the devil sometime, if you see me coming, you better step aside. <laughs> a lot of devils didn't, a lot of devils died. <laughs> I got one fist of iron, the other in the steel. If the robin don't get you, then the left one will. <laughs> you and I stay poised. In our place, as the men and women of God, filled with the Spirit of God, we're expecting something great in our life, our families, our church, and our community. Don't let the devil dog you down, put you down, lift up your voice. 16 times in one book, Paul said, learn to rejoice. Learn to rejoice. Pray to God. Let the Holy Spirit help you. And then finally, 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 number four. The, the, these are powerful, powerful truths. Number four, go back to uh, Philippians 1. He said this. First, he said, verse 18, you got to rejoice. You know, not when it's over, but right in the middle of it. Are y'all with me? Yes. Then he said, prayer is powerful. Praise God. Then he said, there's a supply of the Holy Spirit. Makes you dangerous to the devil. Praise God. And then according, verse 20, he said, according to my earnest expectation." And my hope that in nothing shall I be put to shame. The fourth great point about, you know, turn around and breakthrough is have an expectation that God not only can do it, but will do it. 
and the miracle's on the way. You know, uh, expectation is such a powerful thing. You know, something good, Brother Oral Roberts used to say, something good going to happen to you today. We can have a good expectation because of God, because of the blood of Jesus, because of his love for us. Amen. I mean, our world is uh, having lots of problems, but the church is still the living force of God on the planet. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're not dead. We're alive. We've been hooked up to Christ and hooked up to heaven and we can have great expectation in a time of challenge. Expect the victory. Expect the breakthrough. See yourself in the victory parade. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. See yourself dancing down the street, so to speak, and rejoicing because the victory has been won. Matter of fact, that word triumph in the New Testament really means the via triumphalis. It's the way of victory. It describes the victory parade of, a, of an emperor that came back after he had won a battle and they was parading down the streets. Everybody was cheering and rejoicing because they won the victory. And Jesus won the victory. He whipped the devil, stripped the devil, and set us free. Amen. Praise God. So I see myself in the parade. My, my youngest daughter, Carrie, when she was a baby, she was out playing one time in the, in the yard and she was, had a, a stick. She acted like it was a baton and she was marching, you know. I said, hey, Carrie, what are you doing? Playing parade? She said, no, Daddy, I am the parade. <laughs> I think we got to have that attitude. I am the parade. Woo! I'm in the victory parade. Don't see yourself defeated. You say, well, I don't think I'm defeated. Well, that's good. But express that victory often. Let your faith. You know, somebody said this, the devil doesn't care what you believe as long as you're silent about it. There comes a point where you and I have to lift our voice. The Bible said when we believe in our heart that Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead and we confess with our mouth. What? We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. For with the heart man believes, with the mouth we confess. So there comes a point in your life, even as a Christian, where you open your mouth and you confess your faith I believe in God. I believe in his blood. I believe in his name. I believe he can turn this around for me. So I'm going to get happy right now. Woo! And you just start rejoicing. Ha 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 ha. Somebody say, you act crazy. I'm free. <laughs> Sometimes you got to let go. And if you can't, if you can't, if you can't, Dance like that? Well, shake a leg. <laughs> you say, is that really important? It seemed like the Bible says it was. It's 
an expression of our faith that we believe in God. So that expectation is very important. And we're to have an expectation. I know, you know, it's starting to cool down in Albuquerque now. And fall was in the air. So I got the holiday spirit. So I got online and ordered me six jars of holiday jam. I'm expecting them to come any day now. What are you expecting? Are you expecting something great from God? If you do, you'll not be disappointed, I'll tell you that. For he can do exactly what he said he would do. Take those four points and live by them. God bless you today. We love you very much. Thanks for having me.